Hi everyone, I'm Daniela and you're listening to the Mellow Moment Podcast. In today's episode, I talked to Gabriel Riesco about dog training, fun cases, and stories, as well as the more serious mental wellness sector, and even his crazy story of how he got into training. Hey everyone, I'm Daniela from Mella Pet Care, and today I'm joined by Gabriel Fiesco. He is more than a dog trainer, which is really fascinating because he was actually a former jazz musician and just transitioned into a dog training career so well and so seamlessly, and now specializes with family dogs, connecting mindfulness and body language. And what's even better is that he loves communicating not only with the dogs, but with their fellow humans. So Gabriel, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to to be here with you. Of course. And so that was a, a really fascinating introduction, but I would love for you to dive in and speak a little bit more about your personal background. Yes, well, first of all, start I would like to start that I, 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 a big part of my childhood, I grew up in the mountains around dogs all the time and animals in general. So I already had that connection uh, of naturally to connect with, uh, with dogs in particular because we were around dogs all the time, but with animals in general and, and respect nature because I always say in the mountains, you know, if a bear uh, attacks you, you, you can't sue the shepherd, right? Um, <laughs> you can't sue anyone. You just have to deal with the rules of the mountain and the rules of nature. Um, but I didn't know I had kind of that con- that deep connection or understanding until way after uh, when I was older. But anyways, my my training, my trade was as a, as a musician. Eventually, I specialized in, in jazz music and I made a living for almost over 15 years, I went to school, I went to Berkeley School of Music. Um, so I was very, very, very focused on music. Funny enough, uh, at some point I got a, a, a bad condition called focal dystonia that I lost the movement of my hands and I and slowly lost the ability to play the guitar, which was my first instrument. And that, this is when I, I was working on making a living out of music in New York. So that was like a, like, like a tough period of time for me. And at that point, I, I was uh, already married, I believe, with, with my wife, or about to marry. And I was dealing with a lot of stuff uh, because I didn't have, I've lost a lot of my jobs. Uh, I was trying to recover my hand, doing rehabilitation. So it was a rough time for me. And my wife, we were in the city, living in New York, and she decided, hey, let's get a dog. And I'm like, what? Like, are you out of your mind? For me, dogs are in the mountains. That's how I grew up, right? And getting a dog first in the city and with everything that was going on in my life, it, it seemed like you're out of your mind. But here's the funny thing. She didn't ask me. It was not a question. <laughs> Ralphie, my dog, which he's still with me, when we got him, he was terrified of men in, in general and terrified of me. Um, and also he was pooping and peeing all over the house. And I was like, oh my God. This is just the last thing I needed. And it broke my heart. Um, 
because I, I love dogs, I love animals. And then I have this little guy that is just doesn't want to have anything with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm pooping all over the house. So I, I was just, okay, that's just one more thing I have to deal with. And I, I remember calling my wife and telling her, what's going on? Like this, this dog is like, you know, just terrified of me, doesn't like me pooping in the house. I don't know what to do. And she said, oh, just uh, go and watch uh, uh, the dog whisperer and, and you learn. And it's like, what? <laughs> she told me. So I did. Uh, and I got fascinated. Now, I want to make clear that I don't use his methods of like alpha dominating or leader of the packs or I don't do alpha roles. And I'm not physical at all. But I must say that when I saw him and some of the things he, he did, he's he, he he's brilliant at what he does and I admire. And also there's dogs in the show. So I learned a lot uh, from the feedback I was getting from the dogs and the things he was doing and, and uh, the people, you know, the dog owners. And I got just completely fascinated and obsessed. And I watched every, I, I bought the DVDs. I, I watched every single episode. And I, I repeat, I don't use uh, their methods, but I don't like judging other people, but I know there's a lot of controversy there. So I just don't get involved there. The matter of fact is that I learned a lot uh, and not because I wanted to be a dog trainer, it's just because it was fun for me. And somehow um, then I was looking for a job because I didn't have any money and my wife told me, well, why don't you do dog walking? Uh, So I started working for a company and that's kind of how it all started. Uh, dog walking I started helping dogs and eventually people were calling me for dog training and since then I've been extremely busy (laughs) that is such an awesome story I love that just from the very beginning of the dogs in the mountains to where you are today with the the dog in the house I think that's great and you know you do mention that you watch the dog whisper and the tapes but you don't really use any of those practices. So then what are your current dog training philosophies and how does your training unique? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So yeah, I don't like using the kind of the alpha theory that you need to be the alpha um, because that's, uh, or dominance, because that's kind of like something that happens in nature and it usually happens with a fight, right? To, To be the alpha. Um, so it, I don't, I don't want to, um, I don't like getting involved or going through that pathway. Um, my philosophy is more about communicating with your dog, um, through body language and energy and creating that harmony and, and calmness. Usually dogs, when they misbehave or they do unwanted behaviors, which they're two different things, right? Uh, biting it's it's not acceptable. Um, but maybe you know, barking a little bit when you don't want them to bark, that's more of an unwanted behavior. But anyways, those behaviors, they're a result of, a, of an uncontrolled or red zone, how I like to call it, a state of mind. When they're not in the right state of mind, uh, they do things where they get in trouble, whether with other dogs, with humans. So my philosophy is based on that changing that state of mind and when they're in that state of mind then you can put the layer of uh, of training on top and when i say training is more uh, actually cues and commands and obedience with positive reinforcement but i don't start with positive reinforcement because doing my experience i've been doing this for over 10 years is that you can do a lot of dog training and i 
made a lot of dogs that know 50 commands, they're geniuses, and their problems are still there. They're not gone. So yeah, the uniqueness is that I really teach people how to communicate directly with their dogs with body language, because that's usually the, the problem that uh, although we can do a lot of dog training, people are saying things and they're doing the wrong things with their body and they're not aware of it. Um, an example is, I know, this is like a million examples, but one very clear one is when a dog puts the brakes and doesn't want to walk, right? And it's like, and then the owner is pulling the leash facing the wrong way and not moving. And I say, come on, let's go. You're telling your dog, you're not moving. You're facing the opposite way where you want to go. And then you stop pulling on the leash. The dog is like freaking out. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one, one example that a lot of times it just speaks when I tell the owner, okay, just turn around, look where you're going. First, get excited. Let's say, let's go first, then move. And the last thing you use is the leash. <laughs> and most of the time, the dog just starts moving because it's just reading your body language. And that's a kind of like a, a silly example, but it happens more than what you think. Yeah, no, that's super interesting and definitely something that not a lot of people think about. I've seen so many people walking their dogs out on the street and they do pull the leash and the dog does put on the brakes. And so just kind of changing the way you view that is a really fascinating approach. So I'd love to like speak a little bit more about that. Let's say that I am a pet parent and I have a dog that I believe has either some issues with behavior that I want to address or that I just generally want to go through dog training. How would that work with you? How do I approach you with my dog? And what does that process look like with my dog? Uh, yeah, great question. It's, uh, well, it's, it's very simple. Uh, usually people contact me mostly through email. They go through my website and they usually tell me uh, via email the, their problems. And I, I, I tell them, okay, you know, let's set an appointment. And at the beginning, I always spend around 10 to 15 minutes asking a lot of questions. I come from a family, like a, like a, do a doctor family background. So doctors ask a lot of questions before they put the treatment, right? So I was naturally I do that. So first I ask a lot of questions because I really want to know the problem in with depth and before I do anything. And once I, I see what the problem is and I understand it, I start working right away and I do like hands-on, whatever it is, if it's uh, pulling on the leash or very common in the city, leash, leash aggression or leash reactivity. That, that, that's a fascinating one. Um, and this is because of what you asked me before. Um, it, it's an interesting topic. I really differentiate dog training from dog behavior. They're very com different words. And I, I, I'll give you an example of this. I had dogs that, you know what the heel command is, that they, they walk on your side. So if you stop, they stop, you turn around, they turn around. And they're doing that um, either with no tension on the leash or a lot of times with no leash. They're just on your side all the time. So I've, I've had dogs that they can heal perfectly well, but you put the leash on them and they attack other dogs. So healing is a dog training command. You're conditioning and training the dog to do something and they're usually on high arousal and paying a lot of attention to you. That's how you get obedience because they're gonna get rewarded, right? Um, but that has nothing to do with your ability of leash communication. Mm -hmm. 
you can have a dog that can heal, but if you don't know how to communicate with the leash and you pull at the wrong times and you restrain a dog, obviously for liability, because if a dog is attacking you, you're gonna, you're gonna control the dog and try to pull him back. But if you do it at the wrong times, that's how you create the aggression. Most uh, people don't know, and you'd be surprised, a lot of trainers, they don't know how to use the leash. Because it's not about correction. Uh, I don't use corrections with the leash. I literally use leash communication. I teach the dog that the leash means uh, if you get things, you're gonna get them when you don't pull. And also the leash means calmness. And I will say the very first rule with the leash is you never maintain tension on the leash because that's what creates the problem. Yeah, that's a very important distinction then between training and behavior. And that does kind of spark up a, a third question or a third variable that plays into this. How does the mental wellness of the dogs play into training? Well, I think the, the mental wellness is everything. Um, because a dog that is in a uncontrolled state of mind, I like to, to call it red zone. So I, 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 just, I, I kind of like putting colors into it. So I, I, from a scale from zero to 10, I like, uh, I put a green zone, it's very calm, zero to three, that's green zone. Three to five, it's a, like a yellow zone. Five to seven is orange, and then seven to 10 is red zone. Once you get to orange towards red zone, your dog is getting out of control. And red zone, it's not just aggression. Uh, red zone is overstimulated, is anxiety, it's fear, it's insecurity, it's obsessions, fixations. All those things, when they get to red zone, they're just miserable. They're not healthy, they don't listen. And it happens a lot in the city. Like uh, another common mistake of that is, oh, I'm gonna take the dog, I'm gonna let him sniff right away. With certain dogs, if you do that in the city, they get overstimulated, their breed kicks in, they get obsessed, and then they're trying to find the bird. And then they're pulling on the leash, they're completely nuts because they never find it. And we think, oh, let them sniff. If you do that, the outcome is not gonna be pretty because your, your dog is not in a good state of mind. So mental wellness, for me, is the, the base layer of everything. Once you have that, then you can put the layer of training on top. That's awesome. Yeah, I love how you approach mental wellness. It actually connects really well to a question that I'm going to ask later, unfortunately. It's the mellow signature, and I usually end the episode with it. But keep in mind that this topic of mental wellness is going to come back. So <laughs> I'd love to hear just one of you, what you would consider to be your best dog training story. Mm, I have a lot. <laughs> uh, this was uh, so I, I lived in New York. I live now in Connecticut, but I go to New York all the time. But this was they actually flew me over to to LA um, to do dog training there, and I was I spent like a, a week there helping uh, other dog uh, owners with problems. So one of them I remember it was in the in the Palisade. So it was kind of like a big house. And I was walking towards the house and I see it was, uh, if I remember well, two Vislas and a German Shepherd and they're barking their heads off. Um, and all of a sudden the woman opens the door, the two Vislas just lunge at me. They're running towards me. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And then she's actually had a German Shepherd on leash pulling her like a maniac, like he wanted to eat me apart. 
So uh, I, I do what I always, what I learned in the mountains and I learned this from my aunt. It's just, you just don't move, you freeze and you just calm. So the Vizslas right away, they calm down and the German shepherd was just like losing his mind, like barking, lunging, showing teeth. And the woman is just holding the leash, like trying to keep up with him. And she's like, I have a problem. And I was like, yeah, no kidding. You have, you have three problems. <laughs> uh, and you have four if you leave that dog, you know, loose uh, because he's going to bite me. Um, but anyways, once I saw that, she didn't know what to do. And as soon as uh, the Vizslas kind of uh, calmed down, I, I said, okay, just walk back in the house with the dog, go back and forth. And one of the times he went, away from me I just hold on the leash I got control with leash communication I just bonded kind of right away with the German shepherd I took him for a walk and then we started the training um, and it was mind-blowing for me after that session that just by communicating that kind of calmness and guiding the dog into just trusting me and then respecting the environment around him uh, the transformation was it, it, it was amazing to see and and kind of fast i'm not saying it was in five minutes but in like half an hour 45 minutes he was a completely different dog and he was listening to me and calming down and after that i explained all the techniques to her and we went all over that stuff and i think like uh, two weeks later i just got an email from her it's like wow you know this dog went through five six trainers they kind of gave up on him, He's, they all said that it was just too much, that I should give it up. It was the worst dog I've, I've ever had. And now it's the best dog I've, I've ever had. I, I, and I love him so much. So that was, I think that was one of the greatest stories, but I have so many of them, but that really touched my heart a lot because she was in a really bad situation. <laughs> Yeah, that's an amazing story. And we might have to have you back on the podcast just to hear more stories because that's just, it's, they're powerful, they're fascinating. And I, I love that. I love that you were able to, uh, to do all that work with those dogs. And so we, I've also just really found your overall journey to be insanely fascinating from the jazz musician to where you are now. So clearly, I think the future has a lot in store for you whether that's in the current industry or, you know, you have completely different goals. And so what can we see the future hold for you? Well, in, in this industry, I've, um, I've started a kind of a, an online membership where I'm doing all these videos where I teach all the techniques that I, that I do. And they're videos of life dogs, life clients that I work with them. So it's not, in a, in a facility, I always work with the behavior happens. And it's someone recording me uh, doing live sessions. And what I do, I break it down and then I put steps and I do voiceover. So I'm explaining what's happening and what I'm doing and then kind of like put step by step so they can actually follow um, what I'm doing. Because a lot of times, I do things that I take it for granted. Uh, and then they ask me, it's like, well, well, how did you do that? And it's like, oh, it's that you didn't see this very subtle. So then I explain it on the videos and I put the little steps that I might think that, um, that I can take for granted. So I listen a lot to, to my audience or to, you know, to the people that might not know exactly what I'm doing. 
so that's kind of a, a big part of the future. Like I want to grow that membership so it's available for everyone, not just for the clients that live around New York or they're willing me to willing to fly me over, which is very expensive. Uh, to so, and then I'm, I'm, I have this project of writing a book. I work a lot with, uh, with psychologists, uh, funny enough. And he was blown away by all these like body language and energy, which he, he thought it was kind of BS. And he's like, wow, it really works. Um, and he just wants to write a book with me about the impact that it made on him and how this can translate into psychology and help humans. So that's that's an, another project that I definitely have in mind right now. It, it was like a week ago this this started, but in my background I always had like I want to write a book. Uh, I love writing. I just I'm a daddy, so I have two kids working. It's just life gets busy. <laughs> well, I think that's awesome. I mean, I think when I'm ready to adopt my first dog, I will definitely reach out to you and I'll get that membership. I'm in Chicago, so not in the New York area, but if you're expanding, I'll, I'll be ready for that for sure. That's awesome. I love Chicago. So now, um, as promised before, we are finally going to circle back to that Mela signature question. And so what I thought like connected so well to your passion about the mental wellness and well-being of dogs, this is the, the Mela signature question that you know many, many guests before you have gotten to answer. So it's going to be just amazing to hear your perspective on this. But what does pet health and wellness mean to you in today's day and age? Wow, um, it means a lot of things, but I think dogs are, are here to help us, although we need to help them in a lot of cases. But I think the bigger picture and the bigger lesson, or at least the, the one that I got from my dog and helping other dogs, is that I went through it in my life when I lost the ability to play guitar with my hand. I realized that although I was very passionate about music and it started being a passion because I worked so hard with it, I kind of created a, a little jail for myself and all my world was just music and guitar. Um, and I think subconsciously that's not who I was entirely. So somehow my hand or my psyche got back to me and say, you know, you need to let it go. And it took me years of uh, recovery and to realize that I just had to let it go. And when I let it go, the world kind of opened up to me and that kind of connection with things that I could do well, like dog training or, or even helping humans kind of opened up. And the fascinating thing is that when I work with dogs, they can do that in half an hour it's amazing how they can move on fast because they don't hold on to their stories. They don't hold on to their old identities, uh, which they're just, for us, they're just human con constructs. Mm -hmm. And all to them, and we think we are that. I thought I, I, I was a musician, I'm a guitar player. And we, you, you, as a human being, you're much more than that. And I think that mental wellness, it helped me a lot. And I could see that in dogs, how they're just open to move on once they, once they, uh, once they get out of that state of mind. If that makes sense. 
Yeah, no, that's a, a fascinating answer. Definitely amazing. And that's why I keep asking this question is that everybody has just such a different perspective on it. And so yours with your background is just amazing. And so unfortunately, we are going to have to wrap up this short podcast. But I know that every pet parent listening is just fascinated by you and your journey and what you're up to. And so how can listeners keep up to date with what you're doing? So they can always go to my website, pamos.com. It's P-A-W-M-O-S.com. I do have a Facebook page. It's called Pamos, the art of dog training that I'm very active there. And I do have an Instagram. I'm less active on Instagram because I'm not a big social media, but I'm learning and I'm, I'm getting into it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, aren't we all learning social media? Well, Gabriel, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an amazing chat. Thank you so much. It's been, it's been a lot of fun and I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be on your, on your podcast. Thank you all for listening and make sure to check out the episode description for all links to everything mentioned today. Head over to www.mela.ai to learn more about what's happening over at Mela Pet Care and for more ways to keep your pet happy and healthy.